0: Hello and welcome to PwC Canada's newest podcast, Finance in 15, a series that explores finance transformation and what it means for leaders in the finance function. My name is Adam Boutros and I'm your host. Hello and welcome back to season two of Finance in 15. For our new listeners, Finance in 15 is a PwC Canada podcast that explores finance transformation and what it means for leaders in the finance function. Today, we're going to explore an area that's an ongoing opportunity and challenge for many CFOs acquisitions and what a successful post acquisition outcome looks like. I'm very pleased to be joined by Louis Marcotte, the CFO at Intact Financial. So, welcome to the podcast, Louis, and uh, really looking forward to our discussion today.
1: Good morning, and happy to join you, Adam, today and be part of this uh, Finance in 15 podcast.
0: All right. Well, let's dive right in. And Louis, maybe you can start by telling us a bit about your role at Intact and your company for some context.
1: So, uh, Intact Financial Corporation is the largest uh, p c insurer in Canada. It uh, used to be part of uh, ING Group, but became uh, independent back in 2009 when we uh, went through the financial crisis. So, we've been on our own and publicly uh, traded since then. Um, I've been the uh, CFO of the company uh, for now eight years. And um, with with the company, I've been about uh, 17 years so far. So I have uh, personally oversight of all the financial matters uh, regarding the company. Some of these are directly under my responsibility. Other ones are indirectly under my responsibility. And I would say I spend uh, most of my time uh, essentially on integration of acquisitions Performance management, uh, some M&A work that we continuously do, Uh, investor relations, uh, quite obviously, and then uh, more recently, some heavy technology transformation work in finance, uh, as well as uh, balance sheet management.
0: So maybe you could start with a a brief synopsis of, of your recent deal activities and talk about how you start when you make an acquisition.
1: It all starts with our financial objectives. And uh, if one reads a bit our investor documentation, you'll find two main objectives. One is growing our operating earnings per share by 10% per year. And the other one is ROE outperformance. And we target to beat the industry by 500 basis points uh, a year on ROE. So why is that important? First, the growth objective obviously forces us to grow. And although we like organic growth, organic growth won't get us 10% a year. And particularly where your main market is Canada, the industry is not growing at a pace close to 10%. So we have to complement that with additional uh, acquisitions. And the key part here is we stick to our uh, expertise, which is PNC insurance. So it's not like we're in a serial acquirer. We've been a serial acquirer in PNC essentially. And therefore our expansions in other markets have been done in the PNC sector. So we've been very disciplined at sticking to our guns, sticking to our expertise, consolidating in Canada first, and now putting our feet abroad. And the idea of going abroad is our view is at some point we will have consolidated what is accessible in Canada. And if we want to maintain the 10% growth trajectory, we've got to go outside the, uh, the country. And that's why we started putting our feet a bit outside as part of our growth strategy.
0: As Canadians in the corporate world, we're, we're proud to have uh, Canadian companies stepping up on a global stage and, and really making their presence felt. So congratulations on that. Now you mentioned discipline in, in terms of looking at acquisitions and, you know, can, can you expand on that a little more, just thinking through due diligence planning, like how do you make sure these acquisitions are successful?
1: First step is the IRR, being able to uh, to meet our hurdles and passing transactions that don't meet the hurdle. And keep in mind here, you know, you can grow, but you might not beat the ROE target that we set for ourselves, this outperformance target. So it's important that you have both the capacity to grow earnings, so you'll get those through synergies or value creation. But then you got to be careful on price to maintain the ROE that you want to deliver. And that that requires a lot of discipline and the ability to pass on transactions where those metrics are not uh, respected. Then it's all about execution. And I mentioned we stick to our business, which means that when we do an acquisition, it's easier for us to integrate because we sort of know the playbook. I mentioned 18 acquisitions in the past. We have a pretty good playbook on on integrations. And what we uh, are really keen on is going very, very, very fast. And we pull out the same playbook every time. We adjust a bit for the target we're acquiring, the type of business. But we follow the same uh, kind of recipe uh, over and over again. So it's planning the transaction early on. Then when we actually announce, and there's, a in our case, a period of, I'll say, float when we're waiting for the regulatory approvals. During that period, we try to advance as, as much as possible our planning process we also, uh, the due diligence will take place before and after, um, you know, the, the contacts with the with the, uh, the target. And we use that due diligence to plan our, our integration. At that point, we should be in a state where we sh- we're not surprised too much by what we find. But what we're looking for is the ability to integrate as fast as possible. Then we target once the transition or the, the approval is received trying to be ready out of the gate immediately after the closing of the transaction so we can really be fast at uh, integrating the business. And I think that's key when I mentioned getting the return. We're big believers that the speed at which we execute actually delivers the returns that we expect because you can leak a lot of earnings if you're not quick out of the gate to integrate the business and start picking up the value that you've acquired as quickly as possible.
0: I've certainly heard before that some of the benefits of that speed is that there's a lot less time spent on people just not really knowing where they stand in the organization and and what their role is going to be. And so there is a, a big element around people culture for an acquisitive company. What are your thoughts in that area? How do you sort of make sure people are in the boat at all rowing in the right direction?
1: When we do the due diligence there is uh, obviously an evaluation that there is a culture fit, that we can work together and we will not be fighting uh, uphill all the time. And then I will say, when we do the planning, the integration planning, we work together with the team that's being acquired. And it's really been important for us, the, uh, the approach, and it, it might look canny, but the uh, best of both worlds approach. And uh, we're big believers that we, when we target a company, there is a lot of talent in the company that we're acquiring And we should make sure to pick up that talent and add it to our own teams. And by working together during the the planning and integration planning process, we're able to identify key players in the group and make sure that those people have a place in the company once we move on and execute on the integration. So that's a key element for us. We try to target for everybody to have certainty. And I, I talked about removing uncertainty for people. That's a key point for us in the integration as quickly as possible. And I will say the feedback from that is is what is most appreciated.
0: Yeah, well said. And yeah, I I think, you know, certainly that has been one of the keys to the success that we see across the market. So, and maybe shifting gears a little bit here, maybe we can get into data analytics, the information that you're relying on to first make acquisitions, identify the right targets, and then secondly, how to bring it all together once the acquisition closes. How do you kind of view the technology and how to
1: bring it all together? Sure. So the technology, I will say from a targeting point of view is fairly limited. You know, you'll go for publicly available information, possibly, uh, some privately available information through bankers and such. That's not where technology has been useful for us. I will say two areas first during the, the planning process. We do a lot of evaluation of rate adequacy, and so we'll compare the rate for similar profiles in our business with those of our uh, of the target where the pricing lands so that we have a sense of the challenge ahead of us in terms of integrating uh, the businesses into our systems. So here we're literally running you know, the target's typical policies on our system to see where the algorithms will land and, and what kind of uh, dislocation and pricing we'll have. And then post-closing, we've taken the view of, particularly in Canada, where we can migrate into our systems, is to do that as quickly as possible. Generally speaking, when you're into personal insurance, whether it's home or auto, it's fairly simple. The products are not hugely different. So you can migrate the policies into your system as quickly as possible. And, And literally, we start that 60 days after close. And I say 60 because you need to give 60 day notice to a customer before migrating them to your own company's platform. And so the other choice we make is using our platforms. And I've seen situations in the past where the target has a better system, but on a fewer transactions. And it's harder for us to actually try to migrate the big business onto the smaller company's system And then, you know, do a double transformation if you want. Uh, We actually choose to migrate everything on our systems. And then if we want to improve those systems, it will be a subsequent transaction when everybody's on the same system.
0: It continues to fit with this theme of plan well and execute quickly. So I, I can sense that coming through loud and clear. So, you know, maybe we'll shift it over for the back office finance function. Rolling up financial statements certainly that that's that's under your purview as the CFO, and you know maybe in the context of acquisitions, maybe even just Intact itself being a you know world class finance function. What do you think the keys are to speed up the close, transform the close process, keep it efficient? How do you tackle that as an organization?
1: I'm a believer that speed brings efficiency. That you're not creating more work, you're shifting work from post-month to prior to the month. For example, we don't close earlier to meet the deadlines. Our closing process is, what, four four to five days right now for a fairly big uh, business. What underlies that, really, uh, that to me is the most important, is the belief that the faster managers are aware of their results, the faster they'll take action. That's what drives our desire for speed. Not much else. It's really putting information in our leaders' hands and getting them to act on it. And I'll come back to execution. It's the same concept. People get information, they should be able to act upon it. We have actually, um, so I said we report in four to five days. That's internal reporting. Our external reporting on a quarterly basis comes out, I will say, four to five weeks after quarter end. We're not in a rush to get out there faster, but four to five days is good for people to get the results. Now, having said that, we actually have a process where we forecast results every week. And it's quite interesting when we integrate new uh, companies, the reaction of the target is always like, these guys are crazy. This is the insurance business. How can you forecast so often? But the reality is, you know what? People keep their, their thumbs on the business. They keep a pulse because they have to think about the forecasts and how things are happening. So if you believe in speed... You can wait for the close four or five days afterwards and then act upon the results. But you can actually go faster if you know that some of your indicators in our, in our example, you know, claims volumes coming in are, are higher. Well, you don't have to wait for month end to act. You can actually act up upon the forecast. So it's all driven around execution again. It's get the numbers. They're not perfect. But if they're telling you something's going wrong, take action now.
0: Fascinating, Louis. And, and, you know, uh, uh, linking it back to really what matters and, you know, using the information to run the business on a timely basis, that's, you know, you'll get a lot more traction that way. So as we're getting to the end of our podcast here, it'd be great if you could summarize for our listeners a a few areas that you think CFOs should focus on during their acquisition cycle and, you know, just share some of what you learned through your experiences.
1: I would say what comes to my mind, I, I repeat discipline. It's important. Uh, don't. It's easy to go out and buy and get excited with an acquisition. Keep your metrics, keep your hurdles, be disciplined about it. Plan, plan, plan. And you can anticipate a lot about what's going to happen. Uh, so plan and overplan and continue planning. The focus on integration and work with the, the target is really uh, key. And then execute fast. I, the value comes from speed. So you got to be brutal about execution. And I, you know, when I talk about discipline, it's when you plan the acquisition and you expect some returns. Well, when you actually execute, monitor against what you were planning. And that's really key. And don't let go. Don't let any leakage drive what drove you initially to that uh, transaction. So I, I'm you know, a big believer that the value creation is really a function of time. And uh, time is money for real.
0: All right. Very well said, Louis. And a great way to wrap up our our session here. It's been excellent speaking with you today. Thank you for your time and thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: So if you'd like more details on value creation acquisitions, many of the things that that Louis touched on, please visit our PWC Canada deals webpage where we have some great insights on these topics and and the most recent M&A industry trends and outlook for 2022. At PwC Canada, we're a community of solvers, and we believe finance has a critical role to play in helping organizations succeed. If you'd like to be part of our CFO community of solvers, please reach out to me and we can get you involved. I hope you enjoyed our sixth episode of season two. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the series, so please be sure to subscribe, share, and leave us a rating or review. I'm Adam Boutros, and this is Finance in 15.